When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal and Andy Brad Bernard. Big day today, Danny Zalisco in the first hour. We're going to be talking about what, what, what are you talking about, Andy? It's a concert promoter uh, who has seen... Some things. Seen some things. Yeah, I bet she's seen some Guessing things. Guessing it's not orchestra. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Of course, uh, our two car selling secrets with Doug Sprinthal and special guest today, Last Mental. So that should be good. It is appropriate. We've got John on on April Fool's Day. Oh, there's no question about it. Yet, yet more proof. I've never fired anyone on that show. What are they going to understand? I have never fired anybody from the KQ. Maybe John will come in and go postal and shoot us all. Ooh, works for me. Stay yeah. tuned. Very, very, a lot of very famous Jewish shooters. What, Son of Sam? He was right. the only one, I think. I Great. think he was, yeah. I think he was the only one I ever heard of. Anyway, we'll be right back. Kick things off with the family right now. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. So I just came from our Honda store. I uh, met with Brent Fangle, the general manager. They had a great month last month, and no, in part thanks to a lot of KQ listeners out there. One guy I talked to a week ago came in, and he didn't buy one car. He wound up buying two. So that was really cool. Well. Uh, Brent's a little short-handed though. So if you've ever thought about jumping into car sales, get a hold of me at Doug at Walzer.com. I can connect you with Brent. It's an interesting deal because we stopped negotiating car deals almost, well, it's 20 years ago now. Um, so we're really looking for people with good people skills, uh, servers, bartenders, teachers, so on and so forth. Not quite the gig for a shy introvert, I would say. Uh, we'll teach you all the car stuff. There's a paid training program, and they are salary positions with a bonus. So you're not on a commission deal where you can starve to death. Uh, it's it's a really it's a fun job, and there is work life balance. So check it out. Go to uh, just email me directly at dougatwalzer.com if you're interested, and I will connect you. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. What's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this. If the adjuster really, truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. 
And plus the fact I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tom Bernard here with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always great to be with you, Tommy. Michael, we've talked before about the XCheck app at North American Banking Company, where you can send money to your friends and family directly from your account to theirs for free. I imagine people are using it a lot these days, huh? Beyond paying a friend back for the dinner you split or paying fantasy football or golf side action, we've heard from our customers that they're using XCheck to send money to their grown-up kids for a family takeout meal or using it to pay the person that plows their driveway in the winter. Our customers love the flexibility of paying right from their account in just a couple of taps on their phone wherever they are located. I use XCheck, and it's just as easy as Michael says. Send money in one business day or less, and it's completely free. Get X-Check by contacting any of North American Banking Company's five Twin Cities locations. So why not bank with my banker? That's you, Mike. Tommy, thanks for the privilege. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Who's the lame guitar player of this one? If you listen to that lead part, I learned that from a famous blues guy. You were telling playing, me. It's a, you just play the root note with the horn players, and if there's horns in it, it sounds actually really cool. I like. Well, it sounds cool anyway. Yeah. It sounds good. Thank you. Danny Zalisco, how you doing, Danny? I'm great, man. How are you? Doing extremely well. All-access occupation, concert promoter, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Danny Zalisco <laughs> has seen it all, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> He's seen it. Now, Danny, I should mention, just kind of a qualifier, that from 1977 till 1983, I was a regional uh, promotion director for uh, for Capitol Records. So I've dealt with people like you a long time, Danny, so I understand it all. I got it. Well, I'm so glad you had that company credit card all those years. <laughs> and don't forget the air travel card, Danny. Very big. Don't forget that, but... I was particularly interested in the credit card because that that bought me a lot of nice dinners. <laughs> I'm sure it did, Danny. Absolutely. So where do you operate out of? Phoenix. Oh, you're in Phoenix. Okay. Oh, man. Phoenix. There was nobody here when I got here in 73 except a couple of covered wagons. Uh, yes, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. Um, and uh, things changed after that. You are unbelievable. I just started reading your descriptor. Did you write this descriptor yourself? One. Let me read this paragraph to you. Whether scoring some hoochie cooch for muddy waters or <laughs> music, that's how it starts, Danny. That's the beginning of it. Yeah, I wrote that. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear it. Uh, do you mind one more quick story? Hey, look, when, 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 when muddy waters calls you up and asks you if you're holding, you better answer yes. <laughs> you better answer yes, exactly. <laughs> Danny, very quick story. There's a, there was a show that was on, I believe, in 2012 and 13. It was called Magic City. It was about the Miramar Playa Hotel in Miami. Very quickly, uh, the oldest son of the owner, it was Jeffrey Dean Morgan, played that, the owner of the, uh, his father and the owner. He said, Dad, I got 2,000 people that are coming to the Miramar Playa in July. We never get over 20% occupation. I can do four days, 100% occupation. This is going to be the greatest. And they go on. And then, then the kid tells his dad who's coming, the 2,000 people that are coming to stay in the hotel. 
And he goes, no goddamn way are those people getting in my hotel. They're a disaster. I don't want them anywhere near me. They'll be puking on the carpet. They'll be puking in the, in the uh, swimming pool. No way. So guess who was coming? 2,000 of, of something or some type of persons coming to the hotel. Who do you think it was? I'm guessing it wasn't John Denver. It was not John Denver. It was 2,000 uh, disc jockeys. It was 2,000 disc jockeys coming to Santa Miramar Plaza. Oh, my God. And then the greatest part of that, just for another quick stab in the ribs for me, there was one guy who was a record company guy who ended up, by the way, killing someone. Uh, It was the Capitol Records guy. So apparently it was me. Not only the disc jockey part, but the record guy from Capitol Part. So that's nice. Very nice, very nice. I always liked Capitol Records a lot. I did, too. I, I loved working for Capitol Records. It was a lot of fun. Don Zimmerman. Oh, man, Don Zimmerman. Every year we'd go to our convention in, uh, in Palm Springs. Don Zimmerman and I, every year, would have dinner. It was just fantastic. What a great guy. You're right. Bruce Garfield. Oh, God, all of them. How about Bruce Wendell? You ever deal with Bruce? Sure. Bruce Wendell was the Great boss. cast of characters. I love those guys. Oh, they were all, they and they were characters, Danny. There's no question about I'm, it. But I'm going to go ahead and cancel the second hour. You guys can just keep going. It sounds like you <laughs> well, know, lot honestly, of lost friends. I will tell you, Danny, I do miss, you know, because I've been doing this morning show in, in Minneapolis now for 35 years, and we've been doing this podcast for nine years now. And uh, But I do miss those days. I never had any, well, one time I had a problem dealing with a promoter, and it wasn't him directly. It was one of the new guys, his underlings he hired. And this kid thought that he was going to uh, he was going to tell me how to do it in a real bitchy way. And I suggested it to him that he probably shouldn't do that unless I did some damage he wouldn't walk away from. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, so, Danny, how did it start for you? Where'd you grow up? Chicago. Oh, I love Chicago, too. God, what a great market. Did you start? I, I was in Chicago, and... Uh grew up as a big, big sports fan. In fact, um, I was also a White Sox fan, so I was very familiar with your twins and uh, sure. had a lot of great friendships with guys in the twins. I knew, um, never forget when Harmon Killebrew came over to my house with a jersey, a bat, and three balls saying, here, I thought I'd bring you some gifts for those four rush tickets you got my kids. Oh, see, Harmon was How a great sweet was that? Great guy. I still, got the, I still got the jersey, by the way. That is wonderful. God, I tell you. Um, and there was a guy called, that I wrote about in the book who was a pitcher for the Twins, who was one of the first guys that I ever got to, that I could book at a parent's uh, teacher's Little League meeting, a, a relief pitcher uh, called Johnny Clipstein. Oh, sure, yeah. He's, uh, yeah. He pitched for the Twins in the mid-60s, and he's from Chicago and all that. You know, it, it's amazing to come from not only that time, but when that, you know, when those things were so important, uh, the way players were with kids back then, and, and they, they nurtured kids like they were their own, you know? Sure. And it, it was a very, very great time for me when it comes to people like, like those guys we just talked about, Ernie Banks. You know, in Chicago, is like my godfather. Oh, God, yeah. And, and boy, oh, boy, uh, did we raise some eyes in the 60s, being buddies. Oh, I would have been. What's that old black guy doing with that little white kid? <laughs> yeah, well, it works and for me. He's my best friend. Next question. <laughs> no, I... We were, we were the greatest, man. We, we had such great times. 
I do understand that. As a matter of fact, I I almost guarantee you, Danny, that I've met you at some point because after I left Capitol from like 1981, 82 on, I was traveling back and forth, living in Chicago, doing voiceover at A Plus, and man, I we did a, I, I did all the concerts, whether uh, you know in that area, all the way to Omaha, all the way back to Minneapolis, St. Paul. I I almost guarantee you, I've met you at some point. Uh, I'm sure that happened, and, and I'm glad you made the, the crossover to radio from the record company. That's an interesting one. Well, I started in radio, and then, to tell you the truth, Danny, I started in radio at 19 years old. By the time mm-hmm. I was 23 years old, no one would hire me because apparently I had an attitude they didn't care for. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't get hired in radio, so Capitol Records came. Well, actually, Scott Shannon, uh, when he was at... Uh, at Areola Records, hired me to be a promotion guy for about six months, and then I left there to go to Capitol. So, you know, I, I, I just... I'll uh, tell you what, I, I really miss the days of having local record promo guys, oh, yeah. and, and I miss the days of record companies that would sign bands and help nurture them and help, you know, make them into something that people want to listen to and see. And, and those days are sorely missed. you got more bands now than ever, and a lot of great ones, but there's so many avenues for them to get found, nobody has the time to go look, looking through all them to find out where the gold is. God, and that's why that record company system works so well. Yeah, there's no question and, about you know, back there, in the day. There were holes in it, of course, we know there were, but it was better then than it is now when it comes to uh, assigning bands and promoting them. I mean, nobody's, everybody's on their own. And, and I don't think that's what everybody wanted. No. You know? No, I agree. We're talking to Danny. I, I think with, with, with any great great type of a, a job, like being a musician or being a producer or, and everybody in between, everybody needs each other in that food chain in order for it to work the way that it works. Look at all the groups we, we built up in the 60s, 70s, even the 80s and the 90s, and that Napster thing happened, and, and it stopped. Yep. No, you're absolutely Nobody's doing right. anything anymore. And, and, and it's just, we've got a lot of great music out there from the past, but there's still a lot of great present and other music that's going to happen in the future. And we need to start paying attention to those guys a lot in order to have tomorrow's concerts because uh, we're only going to get to keep Tony Bennett for so long. Yeah, yeah. We need a new Tony. I just saw Tony about you know, two years ago. He was incredible on stage. He's about 95 years old. He was so good on stage. What a mensch. Unbelievable. He's such a cool guy. He is. He's a great guy. And as a matter of fact, this morning on my morning show, I interviewed Doc Severinsen, who's now, I believe, 95 years old. Is there a documentary? Unbelievable. I just told the Doc Severin story the other day. Um, I was, Bobby Weir came into town for oh, sure. some, some medical uh, exams that he got. He comes here every year to Mayo. And I was telling the story about the restaurant we were in. I said, so I'm sitting here with Barry Manilow, and I turn around, and there's Doc Severinsen, who's <laughs> just in town. Now, this restaurant's a happening place. Bobby goes, well, I'm, I'm glad we're here at the right spot. Then you think he'll show up tonight? <laughs> nope. No, didn't do it. Didn't show up. I don't know. You know, I didn't show. Danny, one, one thing i got to mention to you is growing up in Chicago, one of the great music markets in the United States. Well, Paul Butterfield Blues Band, man, if you haven't heard of them, you ain't never been to Chicago, I will tell you that. I remember that great song, Born, Born in, in Chicago. Born in Chicago, man, what a great song. I used to he, sing that one. Oh, did you really? Yep. Remember what year he said he was born in Chicago? 
1941. You were born in 19. I was born in 1951, so shoulder to shoulder by no, no, one. 54. Well, 54. So I'm older than you, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 41, man. That would have made me 80. That's true. Yes, <laughs> that's a very good point, Danny. Very I'm good. Getting point. there. Uh, I should. Uh, I want to give people a spelling. Danny Zalisco, Z-E-L-I-S-K-O. The book is called All Access Occupation Concert Promoter. It is available on Amazon and everywhere. I absolutely will be reading your book because, man, I do. I got to be honest with you, Danny. I really miss being being in the uh, you know the, the record business. I miss dealing with promoters. I loved it. To tell you the truth, I, I love dealing with you guys, and it, I never had any problems ever. Never. You know, we're we're a fun group of people, and it's a very, very, and I, I'm not being facetious. You know, I mean, how many guys do you know will put up all the money for a party, hire the band, take care of every detail, and then lay some tickets on you and say, I'll give you a parking spot in the back. I mean, anybody that can pull off those kind of magic tricks can't be all bad. <laughs> That's very true. Very, you know, and I've always said, well, I have a couple of lines that I've always said. One of them was, I always wish I could live in a market that had me for a promoter. Sure. And, I, and I, I'm not saying that to brag because, as my dad once told me, it ain't bragging if you can back it up. And the bottom line is, is I love doing this so much that, I, I mean, I feel like, the, you know, the keeper, you know, for everybody. And, and, and I look after their backs. Musically, I mean, we we got we got to have places to go to to eat, great places to worship, great places to buy our cars. We need to go to great concerts, and and I learned that at a very early age before I even dreamt about doing this, and and it just seemed like when I came out to Arizona, there was an okay guy here that was doing it who's no longer in the business. In fact, he's no longer alive, but he wasn't barely alive as a promoter. <laughs> When I came here, he knew a lot more about it than I did. Within a couple of years, I kind of nudged him aside and, and took the market, and, and, and it's just been fantastic ever since. That's how it should be, to tell you the truth. I just looking down a list of some people you've worked with over the years, and I love this reference here. Get a peek behind the scenes at the behind-the-scenes shenanigans from the 1970s <laughs> to the present day. Yeah, like I said, I started with... Uh, you know, you can... Tell what decade I was born and using words like that, I guess, huh? Shenanigans, yes, absolutely. Maybe it, you it are sounds like something out of a Fireside Theater album. Well, it? that's true. You're absolutely right about that. Um, I see. I see that you worked with Chuck Berry. Chuck was an interesting guy to deal with, wasn't he? He um, he got the original POW piece of work. <laughs> no doubt about that. Let me let me tell you about that, Chuck. Chuck. <laughs> Chuck was a great guy when you had the great Chuck Berry, but when you had the angry or tired Chuck Berry, oh. you get a really mean guy. Um, tell you a fast one. First show I booked with him in a nightclub for two shows. He was paid in advance because Chuck had a problem with getting paid. Oh, yeah. Um, he, well, let's put it this way. He really didn't have a problem getting paid. What he had a problem with was accepting what he had negotiated. Yes, sir. Originally. So he, it, it wasn't unusual for him to go up to people and ask for more money before he'd go on stage if he thought there was more people in there than he thought he was going to play for. So in my case, he, nothing like that happened, but I had to hire him a band to be waiting for him, ready to back him. 
when he got there. They had about a five-minute rehearsal. The doors open. He goes on stage. They kick the hell out of the place. Fantastic show. Comes off the stage, walks up to the little guitar guy who's about 20 years old, and he goes, you're fired. <laughs> and he goes, why? He goes, you stepped on my lead. Oh. No rehearsal. Oh, and, yeah. and, he, and, and we kind of got into it for a minute, but I realized I had a second show and nobody came to see this kid, which Chuck happily reminded me of. <laughs> and, uh, and that was that. He was fired and the second show happened. and It was quite an evening, but that was, that was the first show I booked uh, in, this, in this new club that really was the springboard to helping me um, you know, move a career along that I didn't know that I had at that point. It wasn't a career, it was a job that I was getting 80 bucks a week for to book this nightclub. And, you know, for anybody that wants to do this, go ahead and do it, but don't do it in the town where Rand Levy's a promoter because, you know, he's a, he's a big guy there. <laughs> yeah, Randy. Yeah, I'm, good, good I'm kind of kidding. Rand Levy's a great promoter there in, in Minneapolis. Oh, he was for a long, long time. Um, long, long time friend of mine and golf associate. Yeah, no question. Oh, you play golf with Randy's got man, he's a long and lean one. He must be able to hit it a long way, I would imagine. Yeah, ask ask him about going into you know, the in golf when you know you shoot fifteen or twenty on one hole, it's called going into the black hole. Ask Randy about going there. Okay, he's I will done ask him so many times. <laughs> Next time I we've had great promoters up here. Randy and uh, Randy Levy was one of them. We had Dick Shapiro was a great guy back in the day. Oh yeah. Dick was fantastic. You know, we we were up there. Um, we were up there with Alan Parsons. We're going to be back with him and Frankie Valley, and uh, I'm hoping I could get Bachman Cummings to come up there. Oh, that'd be great! Um, I would love it. I love it up there. I, I I'd like to be there. You know, at least a half a dozen times a year to visit and do shows. Yeah, what a great city. Minnesota, all of pretty much all of Minnesota, but certainly the Twin Cities. They love their comedy and they love their music. They absolutely do. Support the hell out of it. And that's why I love them. Yes. No, I understand that. There's no getting around that. I uh, got over the the very, very quick Chuck Berry story. So he's in town, and I go over there, and I'm doing a favor for somebody. But uh, Chuck walks in, and he goes, uh, you know I get my cash up front. And the guy said, yeah, yeah, I know. Here it is. He opens up the envelope, looks inside, and goes, well, no, I get more than half up front. He goes, no, it's all in there. It's all in there. And he goes, no. No, it's only half of it's in here. He goes, no, I, I put all the money in the envelope. Chuck said, no, actually, I can't go on stage until you pay me the whole 20 grand. It's like, oh, my. He was being paid 10 grand in cash. Wasn't enough. God, I'll, you, exactly what you no, said. No, because, because the other 10 was probably set in front as a deposit. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the whole deal. It, it just, but Chuck. That's usually how it works. That's, but that's when they stopped doing that was because Chuck kept holding people up yep. like that. And uh, <laughs> so they made the promoters pay him 100% in advance, which we don't hardly do for anybody. I wouldn't it's imagine. It's just not the way the business works. If we had to pay every show off before the show played, none of us would be in business. No, You just can't do that. Yeah, there's no question about that. i got to ask you a question because in my... We're talking to uh, Denny Zalisco about his new book. Uh, it's out right now, All Access Occupation, Concert Promoter. It's at Amazon and everywhere else. I, I just, um, you know, over the years dealing with it, I noticed, Danny, and maybe you had the same experience, but the bigger the star in general, not always, but I would say 95% of the time, the bigger the star, the nicer the person, because they just realized they were, they were kicking ass and they were just happy about it. 
I always enjoyed the fact well, that... Not only, I mean, there are a million reasons why somebody should be nice and be in a good mood. One of them is millions of reasons, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you got you got a crew of people fawning over you to take care of your every need. Your your travel plans are made. You're carried to your hotel. You're carried to the stage. You better be in a good mood. You know, but yeah. the bottom line is it's, a, it, it's the hardest, one of the hardest jobs there is. Not being home. Think about it. Yep. A lot of people fantasize about travel and going to fun places, exotic places. Oh, it must be exciting being a rock star. Well, I don't know that anybody that says that means it has ever lived out of a suitcase for three months in a row. It's really hard. Oh, God, you know? yeah. And, yeah. And the fact that these guys, they know how good they are. They got people who are buying tickets to see them months and months in advance. And, and by and large, these people are so happy that they get to do that, that it just, that's just what they do. It. They're not at home mowing the lawn all the time. They're, they're on the road making music and making people have a good time. And it, it, it's such a rewarding in return job for these guys that, uh, you know, they wouldn't have it any other way. But it, it's, it's, a, it's a tough gig. It's a tough gig. I'd do it if I could. Sure. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I forgot. And it I works. It, 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 it is fun. It can be a total pain, just like anything else. But, you know, when, when you get a band on stage or, or you see them come off and they're happy and people are screaming for more, I mean, there, there's no, uh, no better moment for me. I, I agree with that completely because remember the first time you walked in on a big act like you had never hung out with a big act and you walked in the room the feeling that you had is like what the hell am I doing here I, I'll never forget that well there's that one like the what the hell am I doing there moment same one when I walked into Motley Crue's dressing room for the first time after a show <laughs> where the hell have you guys been <laughs> <We're> like, <laughs> yeah, that's a whole different argument right there oh hey now yeah, I, I don't know. It's I, I luckily never never had to get involved in the where are the girls thing. I was never the where are the girls or where are the drugs kind of. And matter of fact, I only had one guy, a drummer, ask me if I could get him some blow. And I said, I'm not a drug dealer. What the hell are you talking about? And they respected that because I, I just, I'm not doing that. Are you nuts? Forget it. Not happening. I bet his answer was, hey, you never know till you ask. Well, yeah, that's exactly right, Danny. That's exactly it. He just, you never know until you ask, and now I know. So I'm good to go. Yeah, I, it's a part of my life that I'll never forget. I'm very grateful for having it all at different things. You know, I, I, you talk about Don Zimmerman. Zimmerman uh, used to go to Bobby Columbia at the time was our A&R director at Capitol. Yep. Bobby and I would play a lot of basketball together and just, God, what a great guy he was, too. Wonderful guy. Great drummer, too. Oh, he's a great drummer. Blood, sweat, and tears, man. Doesn't get any better than yep. that. But I just, uh, I, you need to come. You need to come on a book tour. That's what you need to do. Well, I'd be happy to do that once everybody kind of opens their doors up and lets people like me in. <laughs> the people like you. We got problems. Yeah. There's no problem. Well, there's a few. All yeah, access. You know, it, this, this was an odd time to to actually do a book. It was a great time. Um, Sadly, because we didn't have shows to put on, but we needed to do something, and, and why not gather the pictures and the stories and the memories together and put it together and, and, and get something out in lieu of, of not being able to do shows, which 
I'm hoping, you know, we'll be back doing very soon. Um, I, I guess uh, today's prescription is a little more patience is required, which I'm happy to get because when we come back, I mean, I want it to come back and stick and never look back and, and have to go through what we've you know, been through the last year like everybody else. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Danny Zalisco, the book's called All Access Occupation, Concert Promoter. It's available on Amazon and everywhere. Danny's name is spelled Z-E-L-I-S-K-O. Danny, thanks for your time. Great talking to you, sir. Have a wonderful day. Great to be here with you. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. We shall take a break. Be back with the family. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza Sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. You buy one set, get another set absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Square, and use promo code TOM, T-O-M. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM. Dan Chesky is here from Dan's Southside Marine to talk boats in February. 2021 is all about boat inventory or the lack thereof. Dan's has what you're looking for in the color and model you want. So get in and take advantage of the factory incentives and discounts February offers. Why should our listeners shop for a fishing boat at Dan's Southside Marine? We have the latest models on display, like the new Revolution. It features rotational seating from Premier Marine and the new Lumacraft FSX crossover fishing ski. Both are getting tons of attention and grabbing sales from the competition. Dan's Southside Marine is packed with pontoons from Avalon, Berkshire, and Premier with all the rebates and incentives we mentioned at the top. Get the family out this weekend and come see these amazing pontoons. And be sure to ask about custom-rigged Alumacraft fishing boats this weekend at Dan Southside Marine during our February open house. Dan Southside Marine, six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. Shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. What's more important than reliable plumbing? Having someone you can rely on in case it ever needs attention. Hi, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Look, you don't want to mess around with leaks or shoddy installation or repair when it comes to plumbing. Sabre is the largest installer of Moen fixtures and Ream water heaters in Minnesota. They're dependable pros who get the job done right. So when plumbing happens, call Sabre or visit saberheating.com. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Usually when we play the bumper music yeah, here in Florida, be way it's like to this. We're going to get a studio down there. What we're probably going to do is get a radio station down there, and I'll just do it out of the radio station. <clears throat> It'll be much, much better. Yeah, it'd be easier probably. Well, the, my, the building I'm in down there doesn't have fiber optic, and that's why it's off, which is unfortunate. It's unfortunate. What are you going to do? But, um, God, that was fun. Danny Zalisco. Uh, boy, I guarantee you I ran into him again. You must times. have crossed paths. Oh, God, no- yeah. No way. That's a small world. Some of the greatest stories, you just I, I started thinking of them, this, that, and the other thing. There was a, a point, 
It was Bob Seeger, who was the greatest guy, the nicest man you'd ever want to meet. I've heard person. that from a lot of people that have met him. Great guy, right? But he had this big, gigantic guy. The guy was probably like 6'3", weighed about 450, <laughs> a big, giant guy. And a guy, I had never met him. I was going to introduce myself. And before I could even get to him, he's, he's yelling, what the hell are you doing back here? I said, what? He goes, You're not, you don't belong back here. What the hell are you doing here? I said, it's my job to be here. And he goes, it's not your goddamn job. I've never even seen you before. I said, I, I'm going to meet you for the first time. I just got, he goes, and then he starts being a real jerk after that. And finally I said, okay, I've had enough. He goes, what do you mean you had enough? I said, you go fuck yourself, meatloaf. <laughs> Holy God, did he get mad. Woo! Wow, that's weird. He did not care for that comment at all. And here comes Randy Levy, as a matter of fact. The guy he was talking about, settle down, you guys. It was hilarious. So speaking of meatloaf, I've got a, a this guitar player. Nobody other than guitar players knows who he is. This gay, guy's named Greg Cock. He's uh, from Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. He's sure. 6'8", and he's a brilliant guitar Whoa. player. I mean, he's played with everybody. He does his own records he's incredibly funny he works we've done work for fender but he uh, he has a podcast about guitar players and he was interviewing i've only listened to one or two of them joe bonamassa who's mm-hmm. coming tomorrow playing. night yep. yeah tomorrow night and joe is a terrific he, and he's a child prodigy that actually made it right that's really rare yep uh huge collector all guitar players and it was just interesting to hear these guys talk but uh joe was kind of a chubby kid and now he's like Mr. Slick. He's, he wears sunglasses right. and a suit. And he goes, right. well, I was on a photography shoot. And, you know, I, you know, they put all this makeup and stuff. They get people messing with your hair. And, and the stylist looks at me and says, you remind me of a young meatloaf. Oh! And he goes, yeah. So I said, oh. hmm. Oh. And I dropped 50 pounds. And fortunately, it stayed off. <laughs> That's a great. You look like a young meatloaf. Well, the last show that I saw uh, before COVID hit was actually Greg playing at the Fine Line. And the weeks before that, Davey Knowles, who would we'd interview here, he played mm-hmm. at uh, Jerry's place at uh, New Hope Cinema Grill. But, right. Uh, yep. I met Greg backstage, and he's just he's just a crazy, funny guy. Not a great singer, but a brilliant guitar player. And yeah. He can play country, and he, his favorite guitarist is Jimi Hendrix, and he can do note-for-note stuff, and it's just... Really? But he, uh, one of his, he says, this is a new tune. will be on the new album. The working title is Courtesy Flush. <laughs> <laughs> I like, well, that's right, good. Let's go. That's good. Do you think Robin Trower was good a uh, good a guitarist as all those other guys? Uh, for me, um, you know, I was just getting into Jimi Hendrix when Jimi died, which was 19, early 1970, September right? September 1970. Okay, so it was when he died, yeah. And I think Robin Trower burst on the scene. He had been on Procol Harum and, right. and played Whiter Shade of Pale, but I mean, it was not a great guitar thing. It's no, a great rock song. It's a nice organ song. Yeah. I think it was about 72 that his first record came out. And, he, yep. you know, he wasn't trying to copy Jimi Hendrix, but he had a lot of the same tone and sound and feel. And that's that was really, for me, that was really, I, I, he was a big influence in my early playing days because he kind of picked up almost where Hendrix left off yep. and had a really yep. great career in the 70s. And um, it's a funny thing about creative musicians. Everybody says, well, what would Jimmy be like if he was alive today? And it's like, you know, he might be doing Bud commercials. Yeah, that, could you know, be. that creative spark only burns for so yeah, long. Yeah, that's very And very Robin Trower is a great example. And God. there are very few exceptions. Eric Clapton would be one. He went on to have a, just a terrific career. 
but usually it's, you know, if you got it, you get it in your 20s. Yep, you're right. And then if you're lucky, you can ride it for another 20 or 30 years. I just thought, looking back now, it's funny, we're talking, talking about Robin Trower and, you know, For Earth Below. That was, I think it was his first album, was For Earth Below, I think. But in any case, I know whenever I was pissed off as a late, uh, well, I would have been 20 years old when that album came out. Mm-hmm. Whenever I was pissed off, I'd get in the car. So I must have been 21 because I didn't start driving until I was 21. But I was pissed off. I'd get in the car and play Day of the Eagle at top volume. <laughs> Which Robin played at top volume oh, all the time. That was a man. loud band. That was a loud band. What was the name of the bass player? He was he was a secret weapon. He did all oh, the he lead was because Ginger Baker was a drummer. No, had, it wasn't Ginger Baker. No, no, no. I was thinking of Cream. It was, cream. Uh, it was uh, Ian... Ian, what that the hell is terrible? It's a Andy, three, three Robin Trower three-piece band, and we three can only name one guy. One guy. Robin was it James Trower. Dewar? James Dewar. Yeah, that's exactly great right. singer. And I think he's, I think he's dead too. So you have James Dewar. Is James Dewar dead, Andy? Uh, the Robin Trower band. Let's see here. I think Trower's still alive. Yeah. yeah. No, he's okay. still yeah, well. He, he was touring pre-COVID. Yeah. God, I'd love to go see him again. Uh, this says it's Reg Isidore. So was. James Dewar, the drummer? James, however the hell you spell it. D-E-W-A-R. I think the so. whiskey. Yeah. Uh, he was the bassist yeah, and he, vocalist. Yeah, he was the lead singer in the in the classic lineup of Robin Trower, but I think he passed away a number of years ago. You think so? Uh, yeah, almost 20. <sighs> Is that right? Yeah. Must not have been very old. Uh, no, he was almost 60. Yeah, didn't even make it out of the 50s. Some of the best music of all time came from that era, though, mm-hmm. for me, anyway. The, the guitar work in that era, and maybe it was all pretty much inspired. Well, you know, Keith Richards was doing some good work. He's and, a great songwriter. I mean, he's not technically a brilliant, but, right. you know, the guys that really set it on end were Eric Clapton and Jimi Hendrix. Clapton, because yep. he's had a kind of a pop career, people don't understand what a big deal he was in the 60s. Oh, yeah. When Chaz Chandler, who was the bass player in the Animals, yep. became Jimi Hendrix's agent and wanted mm-hmm. to take him to England because he's like, I can break you big over there. Yep. And one of the thing, first things Hendrix says is, I'll, I'll go if I get to meet Eric Clapton. <laughs> well, there you go. And that then, does make sense, though. And the famous story is Clapton and Pete Townsend went to go see Jimi Hendrix play for the first time, and they're like, Oh my God! Uh-oh. Playing a guitar upside down, yeah, too, behind his back with his teeth, yeah, with his splits, teeth. all the James Brown stuff, and and they thought, hmm, there's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> Jimmy was left-handed, and he could only afford a right-handed guitar, yeah. so he played it upside down. It was phenomenal. I mean, he strung it upside down. I should point that yeah. out, but uh, but yeah, I, some of the great music. Of, I remember the day that Jimmy died. A friend of mine, Norm Collins, said, "Hey." Your guy's dead. I said, what guy? Because he was one of those 27. Yeah. You know, he was one of those 27s. He said, Jimmy died this morning. I'm like, what? Not Jimmy. Any of the money but Jimi Hendrix, for Christ's sake. You know, you look back at all this stuff. I think I was a curse because basically everybody I liked died. <laughs> it was you, huh? It was me, yeah. <laughs> Marvin Gaye was, to this day, he's still my favorite R&B performer. Well, Aretha Franklin, obviously, for women. But uh, Marvin Gaye... I, we talked about this morning. Marvin Gaye's album, What's Going On, saved me when I was like 16 years old. Because I, I was going, what the hell's going on? And yeah. then all of a sudden this album comes out, what's going on? I'm like, you got it, pal. Never got a chance to meet uh, meet him when I was really sad. I did, there was one sad thing, though. I did see him perform once. You look up on stage, and he's up there singing and dancing. 
and I'm at eye, about you know foot level. He's up on stage, mm-hmm. and so my eyes are right about stage level. Had a big hole in his sock. I'm like, come on, man. Marvin. <laughs> come on, Marvin. Let's not go with the hole in your sock. You're my hero. But yeah, one of the best albums of all time. What's going on? If you've never heard it, you need to hear it. If you want to see phenomenal. something cool, and I normally hate people that mess with the national anthem. Yeah. But he did the national anthem, I think it's a 1983 NBA All Star game mm-hmm. with just a rhythm, a Dr. Rhythm beatbox. And it's like half the speed of the national anthem, and it's the coolest thing ever. I mean, he's just in such complete control. Yeah. It's unreal. I just thought of something, Andy. Will you check? I think Marvin Gaye was shot to death by his father today. Oh, on April 1st? I think it was on April. I think it was on April yes, it 1st. Was. It was. Wow. So he did shoot him on April. I thought I read that this morning. And he was born on April 2nd. Oh, he shot him before his birthday. Yeah. I didn't get you nothing. Bam! Bam! I have hey, to we shoot your ass. About that. Oh, God, I loved him, though. He's unbelievable. Well, I mean, it was almost 40 years ago at this point. So. Oh, yeah. Well, John Lennon died 40 years ago. I still can't believe it. 40 years ago, 1980. Yeah, he's been dead longer than he's alive. Right? Yeah, yep, exactly, exactly right. I am so, I don't know how I got lucky. I knew I, from the time I was 14, I wanted to be on the radio, and then I got lucky enough to get hired my first job at 18. You know how lucky that is to just mm-hmm. be sitting around in your ass, and all of a sudden, it was 1370 AM, KDAN Radio in St. Paul, which nobody's ever even heard of, but it didn't matter because I went from there, and then I went up to Grand Forks. I came down here. And when I first went to work for KSTP in 1972, Jim Chanel was uh, the program director. Mm-hmm. The 85th time I called him, he finally hired me. Well, that's persistence. I called him 85 times. I said, I am coming to work for your radio station. <laughs> that's just how it is. <laughs> and finally he caved in. He said, well, you can come in and do the Jesus tapes. How about that? <laughs> so on Sunday morning, I would go in and do the Jesus tapes. And then I'd go on the air, of course, and... That was an FCC KSTP. thing, wasn't it, for years yeah, and years? You yeah, had to do so much religious programming. Yes, and when did, did that go away? God, it's been going a long time now. Probably true, yeah. Yeah, can you imagine trying to get, you have to play religious? Oh, (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Can you even imagine today? Got kind of a pleasant surprise yesterday on the KQ Morning Show, and I'm not a very religious guy. I do believe there's something a lot bigger than me, obviously, so if that's God, then that's God. That's good. But Mira Sorvino was on yesterday, and she's a very religious person. Is she really? I didn't know that. Yeah, she's very religious. But, you know, nice Italian girl, what the hell? All works out. But you know what was weird? She was an Italian Episcopalian. That's that's. There's probably three of those in the, in the world. <laughs> three in the world. I'm like, what? Yeah. How the hell did I mean, that? They're happen? usually either English descent or Africans. That's where the Episcopalians get most of their. Oh God, yeah. Folks from. And it's because the the Brits went to Africa. That's why some yeah, of the Africans yeah, are right. Episcopalian. Yeah, that's at exactly one right. time that little tiny island ran seventy percent of the globe. <laughs> it sure did. Italy did, and England did. Yeah. They took their turns. There's no question about it. But speaking yeah. of which, my daughter is applying to. She's getting in everywhere she applies, which is great. But one, she's she might go to the University of Sheffield, and we were talking about that. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, is that where you're from? No, um, well, I thought it was. No, we're kind of that Sheffield's almost in Scotland. Oh, okay. uh, where my family came from is probably pretty much halfway, right in the middle of the country. But oh, okay. when I talked to her, I says, Ellie, you know, before you go too far down this, because she's not a big winter person, I says, she goes, Dad, yeah, it's not that cold there. I says, 
You know how far north that is? Yeah, in the wintertime, oh, it gets dark yeah. about 1.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> it does. I had a friend who went to, he graduated from Tulane, but he went to Edinburgh for a year, and he was like, it was awesome in the summer, but it was a tough place in the wintertime. It was just oh. brutal. Remember the first time I ever played golf at Turnberry mm-hmm. in Scotland? I'm hanging out at the bar. We had a dinner and hanging out at the bar with the guys, having a great time. And I said, oh, God, it's 11 o'clock, man. I got a 7 o'clock tea time and big upstairs. As I'm walking in my room, it's still light out. Yeah. At 11 at night, yeah. it's still light out. And then I wake up in the middle of the night. I look at the clock, and it's 2 o'clock in the morning. I look outside, and it's light out. Yeah. It was dark for like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> that was about it. And I thought I'd miss my tea time because yeah. oh, that clock's got to be wrong. I, this is, It's got to be at least 7 in the morning. I must No, 2 in the morning. Got light again. I'll tell you a funny <laughs> story about missing tea times. Years and years ago, I used to play golf on Sundays with this buddy, the guy I used to work with uh, from Hastings, John Callahan. Uh, John, if you're listening, he's a big listener of the morning show. Um, and John quit drinking many, many years ago. Well, I was in my late 20s and hadn't really... I was, so I I was making up for, hit for John. <laughs> yeah, there and I you was go. out in my boat with a couple of buddies. We decided to go all the way down to... Uh, I think we were in Lake Pepin, and it's like, oh boy, it's like Love 11 Lake o'clock Pepin. at night. We better start heading back to Invergrove Heights. Right. So I get a, back to my house, and it's 3.30 in the morning. JC's going to pick me up at 6, and I'm Ooh. completely hammered. And I'm like, there's no way that I'm going to hear the doorbell. So I put on my cleats and my got my golf bag, and I left the front door open and just lay down in the front hallway. <laughs> and at 6 in the morning, I hear this ding-dong. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's the longest, worst round of my life. A little early? Yeah. Is that the plan? Well, he's like, God, you're you're not even hungover. You're still hammered. um... Come on in. There's a fever. For the flavor of a Pringles. <laughs> Come on in. Hear from my happy ending. Uh, my, my <laughs> yeah, so, the any day, any day now, any day now, that's going to happen. John Lastman just got here, ladies and gentlemen. You want a microphone? Yeah, I want a microphone. Okay, well, there's a microphone. How are you? Marvelous. How are you? I'm nice good. bit of coverage you got in the newspaper. That was good. Hey. Well, it took me 11 months. No, it takes a while. I was off the Are air for what? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're doing oh, the first hi, hour. Everybody. <laughs> oh, hi, everybody. No. No, not yet. We're Almost. finishing up the first hour. Oh, yeah, we well, I can wait in the green room. No, it's fine. Unless you want to wait in the green room. No, you're more than welcome I'll to be in here. Stay, I'll just I'll just kick back here. You guys do your thing. <laughs> Are you going to wear that mask the whole time? No. I'm I thought you were going to be a candy <laughs> ass. Hey, everybody. It. You look like you've been on vacation. Mm-hmm. It's too bad you didn't get here earlier because I was thinking of you. Do you remember Danny Zalisco, the promoter in Chicago for years? He's he's in Phoenix now. Yeah, I had him on the show last week. I wouldn't. Did you really? Yes. Oh, it was his book. Yeah. Oh, actually, he was just on just now. Oh, he's Damn great. Damn it, that's too bad. Yeah, he was. I was thinking I want because I want you to talk to him about uh, about a few people that you might know. Oh yeah, yeah. We well, call bit... him back. He's probably not doing anything. No, no. You... <laughs> uh, probably yeah, true. we were joking about Randy Levy. And we were, too. Oh, there you go. Randy Levy and Dick uh, Shapiro. Uh, you know, I forgot to bring up Dick Shapiro with him. Dick was a great guy. Yeah, Dick, Dick was a great guy. Very, very nice man. But, 
yeah, it's too bad you could have come in and talked about uh, Bon Jovi and yeah. You know, I don't know if people know this, but when Bon Jovi got in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, John was there. Yes. He brought him in. I think I remember him mentioning yeah. that yes. about forty-five thousand. <laughs> yes. I'll be sure to mention it tomorrow too yeah. on Rockin' One Hundred and One. Oh, hey, 101. <laughs> but Chip Hobart just passed away. I did see that. Who was also instrumental in that? Speaking so. of, I think you guys. Do you guys know Craig Kittleson? Yeah, he yes. does. Yeah, I just found out what this happened morning. there. I don't know. I was. I think it might have been COVID. I'm oh, not sure. that's I don't think so. Because I was, uh, I messaged, I, I was did a Facebook thing with him at the beginning of March. He's like, God, I just got bifocals. They're so weird. I said, Be careful going oh, downstairs until you get used yeah. to those things. How old was he? Yeah, he's younger than me. I would, I would put him at just maybe sh- a little more than fifty. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought. Who are we talking about? Craig Kittleson, K I T T L E S O N. Craig was a I was going to tell the story in there, but we didn't announce yet that he had passed away because I wanted to make sure that they announced it and all the rest of it. Yeah, sister put it on Facebook. Yeah, that's oh, she did. Yeah, that's how I found out. Yeah, well, th- nobody on my show would do that much work to uh, look for anything. So I wouldn't well, know you'd about have to that. Guy. Probably be tied yeah, in. Yeah, that was really yeah. too you know shocking to me. Well, I agree. In, yeah. It's weird because I saw his post and a week and a half ago he goes, "Man, I'm just getting these terrible headaches and the pain's terrible and blah 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 blah." So I I don't know what happened. Oh, yeah. I look. I didn't really know him that well, but he you know he was in and out of uh, KQ enough yeah. that yeah. And yep. KQ. Well, events, he's a car so. guy too. I mean, yeah, he's been selling cars yeah. forever. I oh. met him at. Pete Frisch's retirement cocktail oh, party sure. at uh, yeah. Tavern in the Park. Oh, yes, that's the last time I saw him. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I have a great Kittleson story. We called him Puff. That was his nickname, yeah. was Puff. And he was a limo driver for a while after he left uh, KQ as a limo driver, so I would always hire him and blah, blah, blah. Because I lived in Dayton. Did you like see the black Russian guy? Blash Ruskin. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that. No, it was the. Uh, um, what's the big shot deal that everybody just loves to do? Jagermeister. So after about 12 Jagers, everybody kept coming up going, Tommy, Tommy. Uh, about 12 of them. So I'm in the back of the limousine going home to Dayton, Minnesota. I got within about a mile and a half of my house before I vomited all over oh, myself. Oh, I bet. Oh, that stuff made me sick. Oh, God. It was ruined my shirt and everything. It was terrible. <laughs> So now no one can tell the story. The green story. never comes out, does it? No, oh. it never does. Kittleson calls me one day, many years ago, and he goes, Tom, I need to, I'm going to do this one way or the other, but I'd really like your approval. And I said, what's that? And he goes, we're writing an article, and I want to include the story where you vomited on yourself. Said, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. I don't give a shit. You can go ahead and use the story if you want. It works for me. Yeah. You can crush those wires all you want. They belong to Oh, hey, you. by the way, hello. Good to see you. I didn't Hi. want to just jump in and... Uh... No, I tell you, Craig was a very nice guy. Always very, very cooperative. But Jesus, I mean, you, Dan Colhane died. Yep. All these, my God, it's just terrible. Yeah, I have uh, one of my oldest friends in the world just got COVID for the second time in a year. Gosh, oh, yeah, he went uh, went out of state to visit his son in college and uh, oh, came back and has it again. But he, you know, he's so, okay so far. But oh, what the hell is so you you. Did he ever get a vac- vaccinated? Uh, no, he uh, he thought he had his because of his first one oh, yeah. in October. That's true. Uh, That's true. He couldn't get it for because of his age, and then he when he could, he got it now. So he's got to wait two weeks. His wife got the shot. So 
Yeah, oh, I get, okay. I'm getting my second one on Tuesday. There you go. Actually. There you go. I should probably get that done. You probably uh, should, yeah. Yeah. The only problem I have with it, I was going to get it done, and they started this passport bullshit, which I'm not real happy about. So now big business has to give me a passport so I can travel? Mm-hmm. That's Maybe. a little Nazi-like, don't you think? Nah. Let me check your papers. I can hear it now. <laughs> Jesus, Palomino. I, I don't I don't like that at all. As soon as they invented the internet, the days of privacy were well, over anyway. Well, that's very so. true. Yeah. That's very, very true. Yeah. Uh, so how's your, uh, well, you know. Well, Let's he's take gonna, a break and then we'll start nah, the show. No, no, we got two, three more minutes. Right, sorry yeah. you blew up. Uh, I, I forgot you. we're back on a professional clock here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Tightly run show, clock. John. Um, wow. <laughs> that company you work for, that guy is one of the nicest guys uh, he used to come down, sit in on the podcast once in a while. Gary, Gary, Great yeah, guy. Gary. I can't say enough nice things yeah, about he's Gary because nice he's probably listening. He probably no. is. <laughs> but seriously, uh, well, I'm no. glad he's You know that prick Gary yeah, you're working yeah, for. Yeah, no, he's great. The company's great. That's it's uh, St. Cloud, Minnesota, and surrounding areas. And I'll tell you what, I'm having a ball. That's yeah, good. I'm, I, you know, yep. I'm pretending to work, and they're pretending to pay me. Oh, that's how we. Uh, <laughs> well, hopefully they do more pretending <laughs> yeah, to pay you. Yeah, well. But it's it's really a nice a, a nice change after yep. literally sitting in my condo for 14 months. Ugh, it's you awful. know, I left uh, Power 92, and I think on the way out, I said uh, the only thing that'll keep me from getting a gig in this market is a I don't know a worldwide pandemic. Bye bye. <laughs> right. Did you actually say that? No, no. But that's uh, all she wrote. After. Yeah. It was you know I left the end of the uh, year 2019, yeah. and by March. I just finished my resume, and uh, there were not only were there uh, nobody hiring, uh, a lot of companies were firing 150 DJs a day. Right. You so, got that you right. Go. You got that right. So it, no, but yeah, I, I haven't seen Gary in a couple of years, yeah, but great. he's coming all the time. Just a really nice yep. man. You got lucky there. But he's lucky to have you. So you know, that's well, the same situation. One big love fest. You know. Yes. yes. I, I know you were used to that whole thing. No <laughs> yeah. doubt about it. The big love fest. <laughs> Nothing's changed, by the way. Let me put. Oh, put I can on. imagine, but uh, it's, uh, it's an interesting life I have. Yes, John. yes, no question about it. But you know, you, uh, you know, like Zepp coming back to the show, you coming on here. I kept telling everybody, I've never fired anybody in my life. I don't know why you want to believe that, because I would have fired a lot more people if I would have ever right. had the chance. No, and I get it. You, I, didn't, you know, you didn't broom leaves leave Alsvik. That's, oh, that's I, still, I just saw Lee a couple of months ago. I know it's probably got us about six months ago now. It's the nicest damn person. She really is. She's, she's just lovely. I've done a little nice work person. with her over the years. No, he's very, very nice have person. You, uh, have you ever seen the video of her getting... The dog or whatever that was? A, what is a, the, there's another... It's a Minnesota Viking, I think, or a big dude, and she was live on TV, and she she got hurt. She was showing... Uh, it was supposed to be shtick. And I think he was supposed to tap her, and he, like, oh. nailed her. It was, like, oh. 10 years ago. You can pull it up online. Yeah, she's not fine. Yeah, Leah's no. not a very large woman. Of, no, no, she's not a very big no. person anyway. No, but I talked about it. You, you were there back in the day, and people asked me about that. Uh, and I talked about it in the newspaper, the fact that I got, you know, I, I show up from New York and start the next day. Yeah. And there's Lee Valsvik and Dan Culhane and Mark Rosen. I, yeah. I could not have gotten luckier. Yeah, I was very, very lucky. You know, three professionals. I just kind of sat there and watched them, and then I started annoying the piss out of all of them. And that's uh, the birth of the game. <laughs> yes, then they. Well, they Rosie all. Rosie made up that phony baloney story about CBS. Well, it's a. <laughs> yeah. It's a. It's oh. a conflict of interest. Okay, we do have to move on up. So <laughs> this. The the general manager of CCO 
went on television and did this real pompous pose, and he said, yes, well, we've turned little Marky into big Marky. Oh, you don't get it, do you, pal? Don't write your own stuff. (laughs) Yeah, don't write your own stuff. We'll take a break because Car Selling Secrets special guest, Last Mental, with Dougie. It'll be fun. It is.